This is Title Health on Point Situational Awareness in three, two. Hi, and welcome back to Title Health on Point. I'm Roger, your host. This is a very special edition of On Point. We're talking situational awareness and your safety. Back on the program with us is an old friend of On Point. He's Bo Kennedy. He's the chief of the Title Health Special Police Force. And Bo, my friend, good to have you right back in that chair across from me. Thanks, Roger. It's great to be back. I'm looking forward to this very important conversation. This has been, well, no other way to put it. I'm I, Just a really tough couple of month period for, for us locally and also across the United States. We have these mass shootings in Texas, in Tulsa, in Buffalo, even on the western shore of Maryland. And then most recently, we have the senseless loss of Deputy Hilliard with the Wicomico County Sheriff's Office. You have friends, guys and gals, who are in law enforcement all over the Eastern Shore. So let me start the program asking you this. How are they, and how are you? I'm doing good. Um, I can tell you all my brothers and sisters in law enforcement, that includes my team, that includes Wicomico County Sheriff's Office. Let me start off to say my heart goes out to them. They're still dealing with this. This is something they're going to deal with for years down the road. Um, it's tough to lose not only a great law enforcement officer, but, but what a great friend. And this was totally senseless. And we're seeing this kind of violence, not only here on the shore, but we're also seeing it across the country. And we have got to take a proactive stance to combat this and we're going to be doing this at at title health and we'll talk about that uh, as we talk about security and safety across the health system but sadly Bo this really has to be a big eye-opener for everyone right I mean it proves that no community anywhere is immune from this type of violence if you think that it will not happen here your mindset is completely wrong. You have to have a plan. Um, anywhere you go now, you've got to have a plan if some kind of violence erupts and you need to take action to protect you, your family, or maybe even other people. Um, having a plan is very, very important. Also, with the mass shootings that we're seeing um, there's a lot of lot of components to this, and there's a lot of components that can combat this, and and we will we will talk about them, and I'm going to give you my uh, honest opinion on what I think should see happen. And I want that. You've been in law enforcement for a long time. You've seen a lot of things. You're a trusted voice in this community, and we certainly want to want to hear from you. I mentioned at the top of the program, situational awareness. See something. Say something. As you said, we all need a plan. Tell me about situational awareness and what that should mean to each and every one of us watching or listening to this program. Situational awareness is your peripheral vision. It's, it's your eyes, but it's also your ears. It's, you've got to, to listen to things. You've got to recognize things. You've got to be in what we call um, a yellow alert at, at all times. Be aware of your surroundings when you go shopping. Um, checking the things around you when you're going into a store, when you're coming out of the store, when you're leaving work, 
when you're coming into work? Is there anything that um, makes you cringe or go with your gut feeling? Um, I'll give a perfect example. Situational awareness. Everybody has it. Who here has not pulled up to a red light and it's turned green and all of a sudden something in your peripheral vision kind of stopped you Mm -hmm. and there was a car that run a red light? That's situational awareness. And you take it another step. So we teach the ODA loop, which is how they train uh, fighter pilots on making critical decisions. And the ODA loop is O-O-D-A. It's observe, orient, decide, and act. So situational awareness is not about only seeing and hearing things. What are you going to do with that information? You've got to make a decision, and then you need to act on it. And the act part, when it comes to all the violence that we're seeing and with these mass shootings, um, is report things that you see. Even if they're, you think they're small and minor, report them so we can at least look into it and let's start getting ahead of the problem and not behind the problem and reacting. That's a great point, because in most of these mass shooting incidents that have occurred, not only recently, but but over time, there have been red flags. There have been warning signs. People have posted things on social media. They've talked to their friends. They've, they've joked, or it's been perceived as a joke about what they were going to do. Why don't people react, though? Are they afraid to offend someone to be wrong? Is, is, is that... The problem here? I think that people are afraid to get involved. I think they are afraid to offend someone. Um, and then I think there are some cases where it is reported and the proper steps have not been taken. And then law enforcement has kind of dropped the ball some and not looked into things like they should. So... We've got to get better at reporting these things, no matter how small, so we can look into it. If you look back to the Columbine shooting and the Virginia Tech shooting, there was two very distinct um, analogies and um, similarities to these uh, mass shootings. The people that carried out these mass shootings, they have actually trained for this for, for a year. And there was a lot of red flags, and they were missed. People didn't report them. People didn't take them seriously. So that's that's part that's part of the problem. And we've got to get better at reporting these things um, on a very timely, real time manner. So again, I want to get ahead of these. We all want to get ahead of these and not react to a situation. If we can stop a situation, that's the ultimate goal. All right, so here are here's here's a great point then, and you make a great point. Get ahead of this, be proactive, be in front of this. What are some of those, man, this just doesn't seem right or this just doesn't feel right signs that we should be looking for? Social media is a big, big factor in everybody's life right now. Everybody's on Facebook, everybody's on Instagram, everybody's on Twitter. You see people posting a lot of negative thoughts you see a lot of uh um hate those things need to be reported 
Um, if you see somebody walking around the campus and they just look out of place, re- report it so we can look into it. Um, parents need to be more involved with their kids. Um, and you don't want to ever report your own family members, but if you see one of your kids doing something that's completely out of line and staying to themselves maybe too much, maybe you need to check up on them. You need to follow them on social media. You need to see who are they hanging out with. You need to see, you know, what are they doing in their extracurricular time? If they've got any weapons or firearms, you as a parent, it's your responsibility to know that. And, and if they do, then you need to have a discussion with your, with your child. And then the tough decision, which I call tough love, is you might have to bring in local law enforcement. You might have to get them some help that they need when you start seeing these signs of depression, anxiety, um, mental health disorders. I mean, let's be honest. These last few years, kids and adults have been kind of locked up and confined. We're seeing a lot of behavioral health issues. That's part of the problem. And as a society and as a group of leaders, and I consider Title Health a leader, and also the government, needs to step in, and we've got to improve our access to mental health, along with a lot of other things when it comes to violence and the well-being of our community. You mentioned social media. Social media is and can be a wonderful platform, a great opportunity to, to share ideas, but it has also created a stage where everyone has a platform and everyone has a dais and everyone has the ability now to share whatever thoughts they want without repercussion. We see it out there all the time, and you mentioned it. There's a lot of hate speech. There's a lot of nasty things that get shared on social media. But have we become so immune to it now, Bo, that we just ignore it, that we just blow past it, don't pay any attention to it because it's just commonplace anymore? We have. It's, it, we, we've, we've gotten complacent. And honestly, we've, we've lost our way, I believe. Um, we've lost our way of respect to our, to our elders, to law enforcement. To each other. To, to each other. There's, we've seen just a lack of respect. We also see this um, society that thinks they're entitled, that they can act any way they want to, that bad behavior is okay, there's nothing you can do about it. And that is so wrong. We have got to respect one another. We can agree to disagree, but we've got to respect one another. That's so true. This brings me to my next point, which is a perfect lead into this, too. We're also seeing, not just locally and not just at Title Health and not just with your officers, we're also seeing different forms of abuse that are occurring. Not, not always violent, not always gun-related, but there is, there's verbal abuse that's occurring 
quite regularly, not, and again, not only on our campus, but around the community, uh, and also perhaps not, not fatal, but there, there are other forms of violence that are occurring too. And I know your officers are seeing a, a lot of that recently. Well, not only our officers, but also our nurses and our staff. But um, everywhere you go, um, grocery stores, people that, um, your cashiers, um, people that work in retail, we're seeing this where people are just um, outright rude. And again, it's this sense of entitlement. I want this my way and I want it now. And if you can't give it to me, then I'm going to lash out at you. Yeah, it seems everybody has a very short fuse anymore and very thin skin. You know, this is, look, Bo, this isn't the world that you and I grew up in. So what the hell has happened? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. You know, Roger, that's, that's the million-dollar question. And I think that um, it, it's, it's multi-layered. So if we go back and if we um, revisit uh, a lot of the mass shootings, um, we see not only the mass shootings, but we see a lot of violence in the world, um, in the United States, um, in other countries. Um, we're seeing just this, a lot of violence. And a lot of it, I think, starts with the justice system. If you look at Dep- Deputy Hilliard's death, which was absolutely horrific and has touched so many people, but it could have been avoided. The gentleman that is charged with this in 2019, he was charged with an armed robbery with a firearm in Baltimore, and the state's attorney in Baltimore said, you know what, we're going to give him a probation before judgment. So which is essentially a free pass. Which is a free pass, and, and he gets off. So our justice system is, is failing us a lot across the country. We're not holding people accountable. Our mental health system is broke. Um, our law enforcement are working a lot with one hand tied behind their back, and it's not a good situation. We have got to change this. We have got to hold people accountable and that there's consequences for criminal acts. And we start there. We have got to get the help to the people that really want the help when it comes to mental health. We've got, there's not enough resources out there, and there is so many people that is reaching out for help, and we have got to come up with a long-term plan to help those people. And as you know, our behavioral health team is working very hard on this. In fact, as we tape this program at the end of July, the first part of August, we're opening the new Title Health Crisis Center uh, just across the street from the hospital, which is an outpatient behavioral health center that we hope will assist in addressing some of these concerns before they become much bigger problems. We mentioned at the top of the show, too, security measures that we're taking at Title Health, safety measures, things that we're doing. You said we'd talk about some of those. So this is a great time. What are we doing to keep our staff, our patients, our visitors, each other safe across our campuses? Well, I mean, one of the first things, we've increased our staff. We have more officers working. Um, our, our goal is now is to have anywhere from seven to ten officers working a shift. Um, we're doing outside patrols. We're doing rounds through the hospital. 
Um, you know, the, the highest emphasis and the most likelihood for violence is in our ER. But we cannot um, get complacent and say that's the only place it can happen. Um, we're looking at um, the potential of a new camera system. It's got some great analytics for facial recognition, software recognition. We're looking at um, weapons detection. Um, we have closed the hospital down even more. We're looking at locking it down even further um, as we as we move forward with with access control. Um, we're doing a lot of de-escalation training with not only our staff but also all staff on how to de-escalate situations, but also how to recognize those situations before they get out of hand. And we've been very, very successful at doing that. And we have a really, really great training program. We now have a training room set up that's um, very sophisticated. Um, You know, let's be honest, you know, during COVID, we went two years with no hands-on training. We're coming out of that, and we're getting back to that. Um, We started last week. We're running officers through drills, through trainings. We're going to start working with the Wacomico County Sheriff's Office. Um, we're going to work with Salisbury PD on uh, a unified um, response to any kind of critical incident that not only happens at the hospital, but, but happens in the community. Um, we're the trauma center. Anything that happens in and around Salisbury, Wacomico County, um, comes to the hospital. And we're prepared for that. But working with our allied agencies and working with all the, all the other partners that we work with, and I can name so many of them, and they're, and they're, and they're all great. Um, and we work very well together. We have a very good rapport with the state's attorney's office, and that's extremely important. And we're being very, very proactive, and we have to be proactive. And we've been very successful in getting ahead of a lot of the behaviors and stopping things before they get out of control. And what I don't think people realize, too, is as the trauma center, these these victims of violence are coming to our building. Not only are they coming, but if there are those perpetrators out there who committed these crimes and they have not been apprehended by law enforcement, there is also that potential that they could be coming to our buildings as well. So I know one of the key things that we train for, too, is is active shooter. None of us want to come to work and find ourselves in the middle of something, but it could happen. Thank goodness it hasn't to a large degree, but but it could. So what advice do you have for, for all of us to be prepared uh, and to just, again, have that situational awareness of what's going on around us? Well, it comes with starting with having a plan. And it's not only having a plan at the hospital, it's having a plan when you're outside the hospital. Um, When you're working at the hospital, know your exits, know your safe areas, know where you can shelter in place. When you're outside the hospital, when you go out to eat, know where your exits are. Um, When you go to the mall, um, don't be on your phone. Um, you see so many people. If you, if you go to Ocean City, you go to the mall, 
everybody's got their head in their phone and they they're sure walking do. and they're walking with their heads down mm -hmm. and they're not paying attention. And criminals criminals look at that. So, you know, we we, we teach a lot is don't look like a victim. But the biggest thing is have a plan and talk about that plan and practice the plan. You are the very first line of defense uh, at Title Health, you and your officers, your, the men and women who protect us each and every day. How do you train for, gosh, Bo, not, not knowing what's coming through either the front door or the back door any day that you come to work? Well, it comes with critical thinking skills, and it comes with a with a lot of training. We're now hooked up with uh, Police One Academy, which is a very 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 good training um, format for us. That is recognized by Maryland State Training Commission. Um, I've worked with Maryland State Training Commission. We've got a lot of classes uh, approved, and it just gives that extra layer of education to our officers. Um, the other th thing is just training and having the mindset and you've got to adapt really quick and make those make those critical decisions because things can happen rapidly it can go from zero to a hundred in a, a, a matter a matter of seconds and, and let's be honest law enforcement is you got to have the heart for it and and you've got to care and we have a really really great team at title health um, I think we've got the best special police team in the country. I've said that over and over again, and I truly believe that. It really is a thin blue line, isn't it? It is a thin blue line, and that thin blue line stretches all the way through the hospital, all the way down to our hospital at McCready, all the way up to our hospital at Nanticoke. But then it, it goes further than that. It, it spreads out into our community, into our local law enforcement partners. It reaches so, so far. Um, and it's great that Title Health can be a huge part of this, and we're a big part of, of Salisbury and Wicomico County in this community when it comes to safety. One of the things that I want to congratulate you on and compliment you on is from the moment you got here, you have really opened the relationships with local law enforcement in and around our hospital in Seaford in Salisbury, down in Crisfield. How important is that to, to not only you and your officers to perform your job, but to all of us who work on those campuses? Well, I mean, it's important because we have to work together. Everything, um, as you said, people that are victims of violent crimes end up coming to the hospital. And we've got to work well, and we have to trust each other. And we've got great relationships with Salisbury CDPD and Chief Duncan. Uh, me and Chief Duncan talk regularly. Um, Mike Lewis, Tim Robertson at the at Wicomico County Sheriff's Office, we talk regularly. Lieutenant Navala, Maryland State Police, we talk regularly. Um, Jamie Dykes, um, we have our we have a state's attorney that is assigned to the hospital. Those relationships are important because we're part of the team that's also investigating these crimes when they come in. So what happens at the hospital is a very integral part for the state's attorneys to be able to prosecute these cases and to have the relationship 
it's not only the relationship, it's the trust of other agencies. And we trust our allied agencies, and our allied agencies trust us. Get you out of here on this one, Bo. Should there ever be a time when anyone is afraid to speak up? Never. Never. You should always speak up. If you don't speak up, then you're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing our hospital a disservice. You're doing our community a disservice. Let me say this. We have instituted an email address now that is AskSecurity.com, or it could be .org. Anybody can send an email. We've got a few emails. If you see something, please say something. That's extremely important. We want to know so we can look into these. But also, if you see something that's that's unsafe or if you have any ideals or concerns or if you just want to talk about something, my open door policy is not only for my officers, it's for everybody in the hospital to come talk to me. I will make time to do that. That's what leadership does, and I think that's extremely, extremely important to not only my officers, not only our nurses, but all of our staff and the title health in a whole. Chief Bo Kennedy, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for sharing such great information. Thanks for all you do. Thanks to your officers, too, for keeping us safe. Thanks, Roger. It was my pleasure, and I look forward to many more of these. And remember, folks, if there is one takeaway from this program today, it is, it's if you see something, say something. And don't be afraid to do that because you may not be only saving your life. You could be saving the lives of a lot of other people, too. For Chief Bo Kennedy, I'm Roger. Thanks for watching this edition of Title Health on Point, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.